Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And this man cannot see, but he can play the piano and he is talented and he has done things to change the world through his music. And so that's an awesome thing. God got the glory out of his life. You understand what I'm saying? And so you, you we have to be careful when we look at people, when they have a handicap or something saying, oh, you look at them, what are they doing? God can't do anything with that, but God can take anything and get the glory out of it. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. We want to welcome you to the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Reverend James Richardson, and I'm excited to share with you this evening. I hope you're having a great evening. I hope God has been just doing wonderful things in your life. And we're here on the Kingdom Rock Network to lift up the name of Jesus. We want the name of Jesus to go out into all the world. So we thank God for you just tuning in tonight. And we know that God has a word in the house for you. Tonight, I want to share with you from the book of John, chapter 9, starting with verses 1 through 3. And it says here, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, who sinned that this man was born blind? And Jesus answered him. He answered them. He said, neither his parents or this man, but that the works of God may be displayed through him. So here, Jesus is traveling along with his disciples, and they're, they're traveling and they're walking. And, and, and you know, we've seen this. We, they run across the, the person that's on the side of the highway with the sign that says, we'll work for food or, or need help. And so they see this person, and, and the disciples look at the man, and they say, Jesus uh, Rabbi, who sinned that this man was born blind? Who sinned or what happened to this person? Why is this, per- in essence, the disciples were asking Jesus, why is this person in this condition? Why is he like this? What happened that this person is in this condition? And you know, we have a tendency to do that. You know, when we see someone on the side of the highway or at the, at the store in the parking lot somewhere or walking down the street and, and they look like they're, you know, homeless or something or going through something, we, we tend to look at them and say, man, why is that person in that condition? What's, what happened to them? You know, we wonder about that sometimes. And even the disciples, they were, they were saying to Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? And, and the funny thing is that if you look at it, the Bible says that this man was born, born blind. So it was, a, it was a, the question for them to ask who, who sinned, this man or his parents. The man was born blind. So how did the man sin? Did he sin in his parents, in his mother's womb? You know, and then he, he was sinning while he was in his mother's womb. So the question was kind of crazy. But the disciples wanted to know, you know, and sometimes what happens is, you know, I call it being super saved. You know, we've been saved too long when we start looking at people and we start kind of judging them because we're, we're saved and they're not and they're walking around and they're out here, you know, begging and scrapping and trying to get by, whatever the case may be. And now we've got on our on our we've got on our super, super Christian uh, cape. You know what I'm saying? And we're flying around and saying I'm saved and I'm, I'm saved. now. I've been saved a long time. We don't even we don't even remember how we, we at one point in time. 
that we were out there. We, there was, we had sin in our life. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of his glory. So I think at this point, the disciples were kind of looking down on this man and saying, who sinned that this man was born blind? But the answer that Jesus gave them was profound and powerful. Jesus said to them, he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God might be displayed for him, through him. And another word for works is the power of God. So Jesus said, no, it's not about sin. This is, is nothing. It has nothing to do with sin. He said, it's that the works of God, that the power of God might be displayed through him. And so tonight I want to talk to you from the subject, the works of God. You see, back in that time, it was considered a curse to be born blind because if you were born blind, you couldn't do anything for yourself. Somebody had to do everything for you. Somebody had to take care of you. You were going to be dependent on somebody your whole life if you were born blind. So it was considered a curse. So when the disciples saw this man, they were like, who? Why is this man cursed? Why is he? Why was he born blind? But, the, but Jesus said to them, he said, this, this man is not cursed. He said, the reason this man was born this way is so that the, the works of God, the power of God might, de, might be displayed through him. So we have to, you know, stop as, as sometimes as believers, as Christians, we have to be very careful not to become legalistic. And we've been saved for so long that we begin to look at people and, and say, man, they're, they're look at them. They're, they're just in the worst state in the world. Look at that man on the side of the highway with that sign talking about we'll work for what happened to him? He shouldn't be out there like that. We don't know what God was, uh, why God allowed that person to go through what they're going through. But it could be that God may be trying to get the glory out of that person's life. You don't know what God's going to do in that person's life. You know, my wife and I, some time ago, were sitting down uh, and we were watching uh, YouTube and we were watching some music videos on YouTube. And we were, and, and one of the videos that came on was a video with Stevie Wonder live in concert. And so we sat there and, and he was singing all these different songs. My Sharia more lovely as a summer breeze. And so we were just enjoying all these things. And before he sang one of the songs, he said, he said to the audience, he said, I thank God for blessing me. All these years he's blessed me. And, and see, and I was sitting there and, I, and me and my wife were like, wow, this man is blind but he's a musical genius and he's wrote so many wonderful songs. People sing his songs at weddings. I've sung his songs at weddings. I mean, they, 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 they play, his songs have been able to impact the culture. He wrote so many wonderful songs, but the man was blind. But even though the man was blind, the man still had vision and God still got the glory out of his life. So it doesn't matter if somebody has a handicap. If God wants to get the glory out of it, he can get the glory out of it. And so we were watching this man. The man plays the harmonica. He plays the keyboards. He writes all these songs. He's done wonderful things in his life to impact the world. But he was blind. And I sat there and thought about that thing. I said, man, I, can, I have full vision. I mean, I can see physically. But I can't even play the piano. You understand? And this man cannot see but he can play the piano and he is talented and he has done things to change the world through his music. And so that's an awesome thing. God got the glory out of his life. 
You understand what I'm saying? And so you, you, we have to be careful when we look at people, when they have a handicap or something saying, oh, you look at them, what are they doing? God can't do anything with that, but God can take anything and get the glory out of it. Uh, Helen Keller said, the only thing worse than being born blind, and she was, Helen Keller we know was blind. She said, the only thing worse than being born blind is having, a, having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being born blind is having sight and no vision. It's detrimental if you have if you have physical sight, but you don't have a vision for life. You don't have a vision for where you're going. And God wants to give us a vision. He wants to give us vision for where we're going. So a lot of us are walking around. We can see we got we got we got physical sight, but we don't have a vision for life. We don't know where we're going. But God wants to get the glory out of your life. You understand what I'm saying? But one of the things that I looked at while I was uh, studying this message is, is that there are many reasons why we go through trials. And uh, I, I just came up with four of them that I believe from the scripture that shows us sometimes why we go through trials. And number the first reason is, number one is, God is proving or testing our faith. Sometimes God has to prove and test our faith. In Genesis chapter 22, the Lord came, the Lord God came to, to uh, Abraham and he told Abraham, I want you to take your son. See, Abraham and Sarah had been waiting a long, long time. God had promised them that they were going to have a child through Sarah, through Sarah's womb. And so they had been waiting all this time. And then finally, they had a son named Isaac. And the Lord came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to take him up to a place that I'm going to show you, and I want you to sacrifice your son to me. Basically, he's telling Abraham, I want you to kill your son, sacrifice him to me. So Abraham didn't even question God. He took his son, and he took some of his servants with him, and he went on to, to, to go sacrifice his son to the Lord. So on his way there, he gets to a certain place when they get close to the place and he tells his servants, he says, listen, you guys wait here and me and the boy are going to go and we'll come back. So Abraham right there was saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I know what God told me to do. But listen, me and the boy are going up there and we are coming back. So Abraham right there was showing that he had faith that whatever the situation was, that he was going to come out on top. So Abraham goes up and we know the story. He goes up there. Uh, he puts his he, he, he puts the wood on the altar. He puts his son uh, Isaac on the altar and then he raises up to the knife and he's about to slay his son. And then he hears a voice say, Abraham, Abraham, stop. And Abraham stopped. And then the Lord speaks to him and says, now I know that I can trust you. Now that I know that you are going to be obedient to me. Now I know that you have complete faith in me. And then Abraham finds a ram in the bush. So God was testing Abraham to see if he was going to be obedient to him. He was testing him to see if he was going to have faith in him, that he trusted him completely with something that he had waited so long for. Sometimes the most precious thing in your life, God will ask you, are you willing to give it up for me? And so he, he went through a test. He went through a trial. Abraham went through a trial, but it was so that God could, could test him to see if he had faith and he would be obedient to him. So we go through sometimes because God is trying to prove us and test us. The second reason that we go through sometimes is because God is allowing growth and edification. 
In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, James says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for, for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What is James saying here? What is he saying? He said, dear brothers, when troubles are of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? He says, because the reason why he said that is because he said, listen, consider it an opportunity for great joy because you know when your faith is tested, you're going to get something. He said, your endurance, he said, it's a chance for your endurance to grow. You're going to grow from this. When you go through a test or when you go through troubles, he said, it's an opportunity for your faith to grow. And not only that, he said, let it grow. He said, for when your endurance is fully developed, three things are going to happen. He said, you will be perfect, which means you're going to be mature. You're going to mature, mature through this trouble. Number two, he said, you're going to be complete. And number three, he said, you'll have a need. You won't need anything. You, you'll have. So you're going to be you, God is bringing you into a place of maturity. You're going to have a you're going to you're going to be needing nothing. You're going to be complete needing nothing. So the thing about it is, is that even though we go through those trials, God says, listen, you, you might go through some trials. You might go through some tests. But guess what? During that time, I'm going to grow you. I'm going to I'm going to give you endurance. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to have you to grow. He said, and then you're going to be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God allows us to go through trials and tests so that he can mature us into who he's calling us to be. And then number three, we go through sometimes we go through trials because of sin. It's, it's because of sin. And the example that I want to use today is the prodigal son. The prodigal son came to his father and he said, father, the youngest son said to him, give me, give me my inheritance. Give me what belongs to me. He, he had an inheritance, inheritance coming from his father. And he said, give me my inheritance that belongs to me. And so the Bible says that the father came and he gave, he gave his son the inheritance, his portion. He also gave his older son his, his portion. And so the younger son took off and ran off into the world. And the Bible says that he just went out there and he was he spent all of his inheritance on riotous living, just wild living, spent everything. You know, that 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 happens to a lot of us. You know, God has a blessing for us that, that comes from our parents. And then we get to a certain age and we say, you know what, I don't want to I, I can't listen to my, my mother and father no more. I'm just going to go out here and do what I want to do. And then we get out there and we're living all any old kind of way. And then and, and, and so what happened is to the prodigal son is that at some point in time, the Bible says that he fell on hard times. The Bible says he fell on hard times. He 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 had spent everything. He the friends he thought that were his friends, they were gone. And that happens sometimes. All those people that we run around with, when hard times come, they disappear. Everybody that you thought was your friend, everybody that you thought was gonna be there for you, they're they're no longer there because now all your money's gone, all your inheritance is gone. You've you've lost everything. And the Bible says that he was so hungry, he he joined himself to a citizen of the country that he was living in. And then the man was a, the man had pigs. And when the man came out to feed the pigs, the Bible says that the, he, he was so hungry that he would have eaten the food that the man was feeding the pigs. That's how he he had gotten to a very low place. But then he the Bible says he had an epiphany. 
And he said, I will, he said, I'm over here living in living like this. And that's when we have to give up that pride and say, listen, I'm over here living like this, willing to eat pig food. And my father is over there blessed. And he said, I will go back to my father and I will ask my father to make me one of his hired servants. So he left home saying, give me. But when he came back, he said, make me. And so sometimes we go through because of our own decisions, the things, the decisions that we have made, that, that we have made to go out and live and be disobedient and not listen to those that are that, that are in our lives, whoever that person is, whoever those people are that are trying to give us the best advice they can. And we don't want to listen to them. We have we go through things because of our own sin, our own decisions that we've made to disobey those that God has put in our life. But then the last reason that sometimes that I have that we go through things that I put down, number four is because of the glory of God. Sometimes we go through because God wants to get the glory out of our lives. And that's what I want to, that's what I'm talking about tonight, the works of God. We go through things sometimes because God wants to get the glory out of our life. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves complaining about the things that happen in our lives. Oh, Lord, this happened to me, Lord. I went through this. I don't understand why I had to go through all these ups and downs. I don't understand why this person, I lost this person, or my, 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 my parents died when I was young. Whatever the case may be, it's different things that happen in our lives. And we say, why so much pain? Why did I have to go through so many things? But how do you know that God is not trying to get the glory out of your life? How do you know that God God doesn't have a plan in everything that he's allowing you to go through. But I believe that even the blind man himself that we were talking about in, in, in chapter nine is that blind man in John chapter nine. I believe that he has some witnesses that would agree from the cloud of witnesses, some people from the word of God that would agree with the blind man that God really wanted to get the glory out of my life. And so I want to talk about those witnesses tonight. Our first witness that we're going to bring to the stand tonight is Moses. Moses, is, Moses had to go through some things. And in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 4, we're going to start there. We're going to read there. It says, and once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. This is what the Lord said to Moses. He said, I have planned this in order to, disp to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. He said, after this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. Now hear this. Moses and the Israelites have just been freed from uh, slavery out of Egypt. The whole, every one of them, they, the Bible says they, they were free, they left Egypt. Pharaoh told them, get out of here, leave, you know? And so they leave and they're on their way. Now God is leading them. And God seemingly leads them into a place that is a dead end at the Red Sea. But then, and so now the children of Israel are like, we, we're in a dead end. And then Pharaoh decided, the Bible says that God, God said, I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, I always had a question about that. I said, now, why would God, you know, go through all this hardening Pharaoh's heart and all that type of stuff? I mean, why did he just strike Pharaoh down? You know, just tell Moses to go up there, tell, you know, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And if he doesn't do it, I'm going to strike him down. Why didn't he just do that? Well, there's a reason. God allowed, uh, um, you know, uh, Moses and the children of Israel to go through uh, all of these plagues, at least 10 plagues that happened before Pharaoh said, OK, now y'all can leave. Why did he do that? Well, the reason why he did that is because God, he wanted 
to get the glory out of out of this situation. That's what happened. That's why he said he's God told Moses, he said, I have planned this in order to display my glory. So the the situation that the children of Israel went through and Moses went through in this situation, it was so God could get the glory. He told Moses, he said, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. And so God opened up the Red Sea and we know we've heard of it. We've heard about it. We've seen it. Uh, on on you know on the movie in the movies and the children of Israel crossed over and then when Pharaoh tried Pharaoh well Pharaoh's army tried to cross over and follow them the Bible says the Bible says that the sea closed up and all of his army was drowned because we serve a God that is greater than chariots and and horses so it doesn't matter how the situation may look God can get the glory out of it and that's why see Egypt was a place that was a, a, a very powerful place it was the most powerful place on the planet at the time and God says I'm going to display my glory through this situation so he allowed all the plagues he allowed them to be trapped in the Red Sea so at the end of the day God can say listen I'm going to show my people and I'm going to show these Egyptians that I am God and there is nobody greater than me and he got the glory out of that situation no matter how many times we hear that story we 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 get we we just get uh, full because we see that God did a miracle for the children of Israel so God got the glory out of that situation and he saved his people and then the second person that I want to talk about today and bring to the stand is Job Job we all know about Job's story Job chapter one and verses one through one through three, it says there once was a man named Job who lived in the, in the land of us. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He owned 7000 sheep, 3000 camels, 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. Donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Job was an upstanding man in the community. He honored God. He was a good father, a husband, a man of integrity. Job prayed for his children daily. But God still allowed Satan to test Job. So in Job chapter 1, verse 21 through 22, Job stood up when he was going through his test because what happened was in one day, uh, Satan came because the Lord allowed it. Satan came and Satan killed all of Job's children. He killed all of Job's cattle. He, he took everything that Job had except for Job's life and Job's wife. That's all that Job had left. And in the midst of that, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. How in the world could Job have fallen to the ground and worship in a situation like this? He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Job in the midst of the of the worst situation in his life, all of his children had died. All of his wealth was gone. The Bible says he was the richest man at that time, but he lost everything all in one day. But even in the midst of that, Job still said, I'm going to praise the name of the Lord. Now, that's a testimony in itself. So look at this. In this situation, Job could have said, man, his wife even said, why don't you just go ahead and curse God? But Job said, no, I will not curse God. He said, I'm going to praise the name of the Lord. So listen to this. What qualifies you for your next level is your response in adversity. 
So when the heat was turned up in Job's life, Job didn't turn around and get bitter. Job just began to worship God. Job began to praise God. Job got on his knees and worshiped God even in the midst of adversity. So even so anytime we hear about the story of Job, we 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 see that God got the glory out of what Job went through because everything that Job lost God restored it, and God restored it even more than what he had before. So anytime we hear the story of, of Job, God gets the glory out of that story. So, so, so even in the midst of what Job went through, God got the glory. So how do you know that God doesn't just want to get the glory out of your life? And then our next witness is Lazarus. Lazarus. In, in, in John chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible talks about this Jesus, this this man named Lazarus. And and he was this this man, uh, Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, were close to Jesus. They were friends of Jesus. And so Jesus gets a message and finds out that Lazarus is sick. And so when he found out that his friend Lazarus was sick, he didn't even he didn't leave right away. The Bible says that he waited he waited and because they came and told him, hey, Lazarus is sick. But then in those days, in those three, four days that he waited, Lazarus died. And so after Lazarus had died, Jesus shows up. And when he shows up, Martha runs out. They, they tell Jesus, they tell uh, Martha and Mary, they say uh, Jesus has showed up. And, and so they run out there and, and, and they run out and Martha runs up to Jesus and said, Lord, where were you? He said, we called you th four days ago. Where, where were you? Why, why didn't you come right away? We're your friends, Jesus. Don't we feel like that sometimes? You know, we, we, you know, we going through something and we just want God to just move on, move right away. And he doesn't move when we want him to move. But whenever he shows up, he's right on time. And so they, he said, they said, where were you? Why, why didn't you come? This, we're your friends, Lord. And this is, you know, Jesus, if you think about it, Jesus showed up at the repast. You know, he showed up when they were sitting down eating chicken and eating collard greens and cornbread. That's when Jesus showed up at the repast after they had buried the casket, and let the casket down in the ground and everything and, and, and put the flowers on the gravesite and put the dirt back on the casket. That's when Jesus showed up at the repast when they were sitting down eating, talking about the good old days when Lazarus was alive. That's when Jesus showed up. But this is what he said in John chapter 11, verse 40. He told Martha this, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see what? The glory of God. If you believe. So this is why Jesus didn't come right away. Because he said he, he, know, he knew that this was going to be an opportunity for God to be glorified. He knew that Lazarus was going to die. But he knew that the, Lord, that the father was going was to raise him up. So when he comes, we know the story. He goes up and then Mary comes out and she says the same thing. Lord, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come when my when our brother died? He's dead and he's, his body's stinking by now. It's too late. The situation is bleak now. He's, he's already been buried. But Jesus said, where have they buried him? And, he, and, and we know the story. He goes up and, he's, and then he's, he prays a prayer to the Father. He said, Lord, I know what you can do, but I want you to show these people what you can do. And he, and he calls out and he says, Lazarus, come forth. 
And the Bible says the man walked, walked out and he was wrapped in, in, in sheets and stuff. And they, they, they unwrapped the sheets from him and he, and he was, and he, and he, God, Jesus raised him from the dead and God got the glory in the situation. So even though it was a situation of death, it was a situation that was bleak and it was a situation that seemed like it was over. God got the glory out of it. And you might be in a situation yourself that may seem like it's over. This marriage is done. It's toxic. There's not, there's no more hope my son is out there he's lost there's no more hope my daughter is out there she's lost there's no more hope my situation I'm feeling down right now I don't feel like I can make it right now I'm, I feel like my situation is just dead but God said no it's not too late I can still get the glory out of your life I don't care what it looks like it might seem like it's stinking it might stinking it might seem like it's dead but God says I want to get the glory out of your life if you just let me and so God got the glory out of that situation. There was a miracle that happened, but it only happened because the Lord wanted to get the glory out of it. That's why the situation happened. And then our last witness, and this is, one of, this is the greatest witness of all, is Jesus himself. In, in John chapter 12, verse 27, this is right before Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross to be crucified. He's getting ready to go through his trial, his tests, and he knows that he has to go through and he knows that he's going to be crucified. And this is what he said in John chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. He said, now my soul is deeply troubled. He said, should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came Jesus said, he said, I, sh should I pray, save me from this hour? Should I pray that prayer? But then no, Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, this is the very reason I came. He said, to bring glory to your name. And then God spoke, a voice spoke from heaven saying, I've already brought glory to my name and I'm going to do it again. He said, I've already brought glory to my name, but I'm about to do it again. So why did Jesus have to be betrayed into the hands of wicked men? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why did he have to be beat with a cat nine tail and his flesh pulled out of his back? Why did he have to carry his own cross with a crown of thorns piercing his head? He was pierced in his side. He was slapped in his face by Roman soldiers. This, this man named Jesus went through some things. He went through some troubles. His clothes were divided among them. He was nailed in his hands and his feet. Why did he have to go through this? Why did he have to go through this trial? Jesus' life was ordained to bring glory to God. That's why he, he stayed on that cross that's why he died for you and me, because he was bringing glory to God. He said, he said in, in, in that in John, he said, should I pray that this test will pass from me? Should I? He said, I sh should I pray that prayer? But he said, no, no, no. He's, that's why I came. The only reason he came because he wanted to bring glory to the father. That's what is. That's what this whole thing is about is bringing glory to the father. 
That's what he, that's why he came and gave his life. That's why he bled and died. That's why he had the crown of thorns on his head. That's why they slapped him in his face. That's why Judas betrayed him because it was all about the glory of God. And that's what this life is all about. It's everything that we do, every test that we go through, every trial that we face. It's about bringing glory to God. At the end of the day, that's what my life, I want my life to be about. It's, it's not about a car. It's not about a house. It's not about a job. It's not about money. It's about bringing glory to God. It's about giving all the glory to God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that my life will bring glory to you, Father. That everything that I go through, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days, it's all to bring glory to God. God wants to get the glory out of your life. That's why you're here. You have a purpose because God wants to get the glory. So when, you, when, when trials come your way, when, when things are not so right for you, when things look bad, when things look bleak, when you're down, when you're about to give up, when you want to quit, when you want to throw in the towel, just think about it. Maybe God is trying to get the glory out of my life. Maybe he just wants to do something great through me and in me. Maybe this is going to be a testimony that I can share with somebody else. Maybe God just wants to get the glory. Maybe he wants to get the glory. It's the works of God. He wants to display his power through your life. Child of God, he wants the works of God to be shown through you. Just like the blind man, just like Jesus, just like Moses, just like Job, just like Joshua, just like David. He got the glory out of their lives. They're known. Their lives speak on even after they're gone. Their lives still speak on. So what is, is you, we, we know that God wants to do something great in your life. He wants your life to speak on even after you're gone. After you're gone, God will be able to still say that he can get the glory out of the, everything, that, the life that you've lived. Even though you might have not lived a life that you felt like was pleasing to God, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care who you are. God has unconditional love for you. So you, today... On this day, I want, I want to just offer this, 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 this Jesus that we know, that we love, that, it, that it will come in and transform your life because he's, that's what he does. When Jesus comes in, transformation happens, and you will never be the same. I can promise you that your life will never be the same when you allow Christ to come in. He's there. He's waiting He's not going to force his way in, but he knocks on the door of your heart and he says, allow me to come in and then it'll all make sense. So tonight, I, wanna, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you want to join this family of God and become a believer for Jesus, of Jesus Christ and walk with the Lord and start your journey, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm asking you today to come into my heart. Lord, I believe that you came to the earth, that you were crucified, you died, and, you were, and you've been resurrected. Now, Lord, come, in my, come into my heart. Make me into a new person. Let your Holy Spirit fill my life. Guide me, lead me, strengthen me. Let me understand your will for my life. I give you the glory in Jesus' name.
Amen. Listen, my friends, if you just prayed that prayer with me, listen, I want to welcome you into the family of God. You are now a believer, a disciple of Christ. So as the disciple, God wants you to begin to walk on your journey. You need to find a place, a, a good church where you can get a good foundation and get planted in the Lord. Not just being all over the place, this church and that church. Find a good Bible-believing church and get planted in the Lord and begin to, to just learn the word of God. You know, listen to the, the, the pastor of the church and begin to read your Bible and pray and, and seek the Lord and, and do everything that it takes to just strengthen your walk with the Lord. And those of you that, is there are some of you that might have just been in a backsliding state and you might have prayed that prayer tonight. Well, just get back on, get back on the road, get back in the race and continue to run the race and stay on track because God wants to get the glory out of your life. I believe that with all of my heart and he's going to get the glory out of your life. So we thank you for tuning in and to the Kingdom Rotten Network and we will see you next time. Have a blessed evening. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.